I've titled the talk Blessed in a Broken World. Blessed in a Broken World. Um, feeling blessed is a very cool thing right now, right? Uh, it's no longer connected to any religious or faith construct. Um, social media is a great place to find all the hashtag blessed people on earth. Yeah, someone said uh, using hashtag blessed is a great way of boasting while still sounding humble. Uh, and, and you see that new car, hashtag blessed, an amazing exotic vacation, hashtag blessed, salary raise promotion, hashtag blessed, wonderful family, blessed. As Christians, we use this term a lot too. We pray that God will bless our family. We attribute all our undeserved gifts to God's blessings. But what does it really mean? Um, how should we understand the blessing of God? Have we probably moved away from how God helps us see a blessing to how our culture helps us see blessing? Um, is it not a hashtag blessed life if you're doing a normal, ordinary nine to five job? Is it not a hashtag blessed life if you're going through difficult times? What about sickness? Uh, what about job uh, layoffs? Is it, is it not hashtag blessed? Is it hashtag cursed? What does it mean? What does it truly mean to live a blessed life in a broken world? The passage we're going to be looking at today helps us understand, see the blessing of God in a biblical way. Um, we're, go we're going to be looking at the book of Exodus. Uh, even if this is your first time in a church kind of setting, uh, I know that there are plenty of movies out there uh, based on this book of Israelites' slavery in Egypt and, and the Exodus out of there. Um, so I really hope this passage is familiar to you. And we're, we're going to be looking at the very first passage uh, this passage is going to show us how did these Israelites actually end up being slaves in Egypt. Yeah, but there's something beautiful that happens in this passage that helps us understand what it means to be a blessed people of God in a broken world. I've requested Josh to read the passage for us. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Ishkar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king of over Egypt who did not know Joseph, and he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh's store cities, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they, had, they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves, 
and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they were ruthlessly made. They ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Here ends the reading. Man, thanks, Josh. Uh, allow me to just pray before we get into the talk. Um, Holy Spirit, we truly, uh, we truly continue to cry. Here's our heart. Uh, speak what is true, um, Lord. We know that in you we are blessed. Uh, help us. Our hearts don't feel it today. Uh, our hearts struggle to believe it a lot of times, but help us see it. Um, and and I pray that you will truly speak. Uh, you'll speak into our hearts. And and uh, you'll help us grow in our experience of these blessings in Christ Jesus. In your name, we pray. Amen. Here's the framework of the talk. Uh, we're going to be looking at the nature of God's blessing. Uh, then we look at blessing in a broken world, and we're going to be looking at how brokenness becomes a blessing. Uh, the nature of God's blessing, blessing in a broken world. And how brokenness becomes a blessing. Let's let's look at the first thing. Uh, look at verse seven. What's happening? But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong. So the land was filled with them. If you're a follower of Jesus, this verse should ring a bell for us. What we see in this verse. Is God fulfilling His covenant blessing to Israel? If this is your first time in a church, here's what's happening: After man sinned and lost his relationship with God, God chose Abraham and made a covenant with him to make him into a nation to reveal Himself to the world. Jesus, many centuries ago, came from Abraham's bloodline. Centuries later. And and we see that covenant in Genesis chapter seventeen. As for me, this is my covenant with you. This is God speaking to Abraham. You will be the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. So what we're seeing in Exodus is this amazing covenant bearing fruit. How amazing is that? God is fulfilling this covenant. He is making them fruitful and multiplying them. And this is the first time we see this in the Bible. God's blessings to us are covenantal in nature. Every blessing flows from His covenant to us. What does this mean? As long as God's covenant to us holds true. So do the blessings that flow from it. Simply, put, simply put, as followers of Jesus, to be blessed is to be in covenant with God. Everything flows from it. Now, here's the thing: if God, God's covenant never takes a break, if it holds through in every season. To be very honest, we often don't feel blessed, do we? That's the reality of living in a broken world. We often don't 
feel blessed. We see that happening in this passage as well. Twice it's mentioned that Israelites grew and multiplied and and increased. We see that in verse 7 and then in verse 12. If you look at it closely, the context of both these verses are very different. In verse 7, Israel is still enjoying favor in this land. Now, Joseph, who was one of the sons of Jacob, he, when, when he came to uh, Egypt, he literally saved them from a famine. And, and Pharaoh put him in second in command over the entire nation. And, and uh, when he was in, in command, all his brothers came into Egypt. And Pharaoh, because Joseph saved them, he, gave, he gives them the best land in Egypt. And, and they enjoyed a lot of favor. And they grew even uh, after Joseph died, they were enjoying this favor. That's the context of verse 7. In verse 12, where it says again they grew, the context is very different. The Pharaoh who came didn't know, uh, didn't know who Joseph was. He probably didn't want to recognize him. And, and he saw Israel's growth as a threat. He wanted to make them slaves to hamper or put an end to their growth. But no, what happens? Israel ends up growing. The more they oppressed, the more they multiplied. See, God's covenantal blessings aren't subject to seasons. They aren't subject to rulers. One day we might have a ruler who's favorable. One day we might have a ruler who's not. One day we might have a boss who loves us. One day we might not. God's covenantal blessings aren't subject to seasons or rulers. It's not even subject to our behavior or our performance as children. We see that in the beginning of the, of the book of this passage. We see that Joseph was already in Egypt. Why was Joseph already in Egypt? His 11 brothers, when he was young, out of jealousy, sold him to be a slave. These guys didn't deserve this blessing. But God blessed them. While we remember Israel's time in Egypt as a time of slavery, we mustn't forget Israel's time was also of that of prosperity and fruitfulness. It is here where they entered as 70 people. They ended up coming out as 6 million men and their families. They became a nation in Egypt. Now I know that it's very easy for us to feel blessed when everything is going well and, and, and truly recognize God and worship him in these seasons of prosperity. But how do we make sense in seasons of abject brokenness, when, when, we, when we don't feel blessed at all, how do we make sense of being blessed in a broken world? Look at verse 11. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. But the more they were oppressed, the more they were multiplied. What's happening here? Israel was experiencing God's blessing. He was fulfilling this covenant with them. He is making them fruitful and multiply. But they were also experiencing this blessing in a very broken world. 
slavery is not a good thing it's an absolute broken thing which had repercussions which even has repercussions today it's a very broken thing israel was experiencing the blessing israel was also experiencing brokenness here's my point blessing and brokenness are not mutually exclusive on this side of eternity before jesus comes back the presence of blessing is not the absence of brokenness the presence of brokenness is not the absence of blessing this this is of course not an eternal reality but before jesus comes and removes brokenness once and for all in this already and not yet world they are not mutually exclusive but here's the thing because of christ and his work for us on the cross god's blessings can be experienced in the midst of our brokenness israel thrived in the midst of their brokenness why don't we feel blessed during broken times if we are very honest the blessings that we desire are very different and that's why the prosperity gospel has become very famous it preaches earthly temporary blessings as a remedy for our brokenness struggling financially here's a new job here's a bonus struggling with health god will heal you boss is bad here's a new boss here's a new job these blessings are not permanent in a broken world they're here today and gone tomorrow they are not permanent in every season the real gospel speaks of god's covenantal blessings that never leave us in the midst of our brokenness in fact the gospel blessings thrive in the midst of our brokenness Hey I'm not saying all these earthly blessings of of you know good job good health are not from god they are from god but I'm helping us see a fuller picture of god's blessing as the bible helps us see it Look at how Jesus helps us see it in Matthew 5 he says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven he says blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted he says blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for this is the kingdom of heaven he says blessed are those when others revile you and persecute you in my name guys blessings these gospel blessings are activated and thrive amidst our brokenness nothing can take these away from us no season no ruler nothing can take away these blessings from us when we experience brokenness here's my question if god's blessings are available to us even in the midst of our brokenness what is stopping us from experiencing them The thing that stopped Israel from experiencing God's blessing is not as much as the brokenness on the outside which is Egyptian slavery it was the brokenness on the inside sin in their own hearts we know that they are freed from slavery they go into the wilderness and and despite experiencing God's salvation and faithfulness they become unfaithful and 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 uh, they stop worshiping God and build their own idol and worship it and because of that 
the entire generation which left Egypt didn't get to go to the promised land. The next generation went. Hey, what came in between was not their external brokenness they were experiencing in the world, but the brokenness on the inside, their sinfulness. When they were oppressed by Pharaoh, they cried out to God. We know that because God tells Moses, I've heard my people's cry. When they were free, when they were free in the wilderness, they forgot God and cried out to an idol that they built for themselves. Friends, what season are you in right now? Are you in a tight corner being crushed on every side? How is your heart responding to it? Is it, is it, is it finding ways to resist it, escape it? Here's how our hearts struggle in moments like this. We tend to question everything. First thing we ask, is this God's will or no? If this, if this is the job that you led me to, why is my boss being so difficult? Where is my race? If this is the person you've led me to date or marry, why is it so hard? Aren't amazing relationships supposed to be easy? Just ease into it. If these are the kids you've given me, why is it so hard managing? If this is the city you moved me to, why is it so messed up and so hard to live here? Friends, our culture has warped our faith to think, if I'm going through a difficult season, maybe it's not God's will. Maybe God is not in it. All through the Bible, we see that more often than not, difficult seasons are a confirmation of God's will. He uses that to shape us into his call and into his likeness. Let's not lose out on the blessings, on the gospel blessings packed for us in the tight corners of our life. Are you, are you in a season of prosperity? Blessings upon blessings? Friends, we must not ignore our brokenness that lies within the prosperity. Especially for us who constitute probably in the top 2% of our country as artists, professionals, entrepreneurs, it is so easy for our prosperity to replace Jesus as our lone source of all joy, all hope, all trust, and all blessings. This is our brokenness that keeps us from enjoying the real blessing in Christ. But here's the good news, friends. In Jesus, we have healing for our inner brokenness. And he uses the brokenness we experience on the outside in the world to become a blessing to us. How does he do that? How does brokenness become a blessing? Israel's experience of brokenness turned out to be a blessing. How is that possible? We see this pattern all through the Bible. In this very story, we see Joseph had to go through a season of being sold as a slave and unjustly put in prison before he ended up 
being second in command all over Egypt. David was unjustly chased down to be murdered by Saul. And, and it is in these moments that he enjoyed intimacy with God. And we are blessed for it because of all the Psalms that he's written in these difficult times. Daniel was unjustly thrown into the lion's den. And he grew in even more favor with the king when he came back alive. Job was probably one of the blessed people during his time. One of the most blessed people walked through a season where he lost everything. Everything, his family, his wealth. But he came out stronger and more blessed, doubly blessed. What they were experiencing is a foretaste of what Jesus did. Jesus redeemed all brokenness to become a blessing. Look at what he did with our brokenness. He didn't, he didn't punish or destroy all that is broken, but he came and stepped in the midst of our brokenness. He took it all upon himself. The curse effect that all this brokenness was supposed to have on our lives, Jesus absorbed it all upon himself when he hung on the cross and became a curse for us. When brokenness entered the Garden of Eden, it separated us from God and his love for us. But when Jesus hung on that cross, he experienced this curse and he brought us back into a relationship so that in the midst of our brokenness, God's presence is not away from us, but with us. Friends, the biggest blessing that we can experience in a broken world is the presence of God in the midst of it. The cross is the greatest proof of this blessing. Brokenness is, is not a proof of God's absence. The world is constantly trying to preach that to us. Where is God? The world is so broken, there cannot be a God when the world constantly tries to tell that brokenness is the proof of God's absence, we look to the cross and say, it's a big fat lie. My God stepped in the midst of my brokenness and he is with me today as I experience my brokenness today. The biggest blessing we can experience in a broken world is the presence of a holy and perfect God in the midst of of it and Christ did that for us. Jesus indeed has redeemed all brokenness on the cross to become a blessing for us. Friends, the greatest blessing for us is to be in this covenant with God. This covenant that is not subject to seasons. It is not subject to rulers. It's not subject to anything. It is constant. That's the greatest blessing. That is what being blessed for us in this broken world means. Even as I close, I'd love to share a story um, of my great-grandfather, uh, Paki Appal Narsaya. Uh, he hailed from a very wealthy Hindu family. And when he believed in Jesus, his dad told him one thing. Uh, if you want to leave faith, you can walk away, you can leave home. You're not going to get any inheritance. And he chose 
to do that. He chose to walk away. And, and uh, he, was, he was thrown out of the home. He was excommunicated. But when he was dying, he called his five children and he said, don't go to the courts and fight for the property. We have a greater treasure of Jesus. Pass this on to your children. And here I am, his great grandson, experiencing God's goodness because he chose the greater blessing of wanting to be in covenant with God. Hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, my question, what, is the, what kind of blessing do we want? Is it these, what, what are the kind of blessings we probably in our heads want to be in communion with God, in covenant with God, but what, through the week, what are the blessings that we are striving for? The world desperately needs its Christians to enjoy Christ as their greatest blessing in this broken world. That's the hope. That's the only hope. If you're an explorer of Jesus, what does this mean for you today? Following Jesus, as you'd have seen by now, is clearly not comfortable. It's clearly not going to fill your life with some earthly blessings. But here's the thing, friends. Throughout history, there are sane, intelligent people who gave up everything, even their very lives, for the sake of this Jesus. The only possible explanation for this is Jesus is indeed worth it. He's the greatest blessing you and I can have. And my, my prayer, my desire is that this morning you experience that and you embrace this Jesus. Allow me to pray even as I close. Lord, we indeed feel the brokenness of this world. But even more apparent is our own inner brokenness that is keeping us from enjoying this covenant with you. Would you heal our hearts, Holy Spirit? Lord, in the moments where we don't feel blessed in this world, would you remind us, would you comfort us in that moment to remind us that the greatest blessing is already ours in Jesus. Remind us that you don't, you don't reject us because of our brokenness, but you sit next to us, comfort us, embrace us. And we know for a fact that one day all this brokenness is going to go away and disappear and we will see you face to face. And on that day, Lord, we will gather as your sons and daughters truly in the perfect, in your image, with every ounce of sin removed from our hearts to, to fix our eyes on the most beautiful thing, Jesus and worship, Lord, until that day, would you sit with us in our brokenness and embrace us? We need you, Lord. We need you.
in your name we pray jesus amen amen